So it's difficult to point to any one of Rapillo's many qualities. What was his uh, key to success? He was a tzaddik. He was a chassid, extremely humble, <clears throat> and benched also with many talents and abilities. However, the following story, there's a letter from the Friedrich Rebbe that, he, that the Friedrich Rebbe gives us a little bit of an insight into one aspect that maybe that is the key to his success. Wherever he traveled, Rebillo always made sure to familiarize himself with the local situation by discussing the level of uh, the townspeople, where they're holding in their Yiddishkeit. He would go to the local Rabbanim and speak to them. In one city, the Rav complained, and he said, the townspeople don't listen to me. I beg them to improve themselves, but no matter how hard I try, they don't listen. They just don't accept my authority. And the pillow replied, although the people living in this town may be ignorant, they may be amiratsim, of many halachas of the Torah, but they're very fine yidin. They definitely fulfill the saying of our holy Chachamim that whoever has Yirah Shemayim, his words are heard. Now the Rav hears this. Now what, what is, what's implied over here is that the, if the Rav had true Yirah Shemayim, the townspeople would listen to him. <clears throat> and the Rav was very like shocked. And he jumps up from his chair and the Rav quickly uh, assembled. He got together a whole bunch of a collection of papers and certificates saying how smart he is and you know, all, how big of a tzaddik he is and how great he is and all that stuff, how great he is in learning. And looking at the letters with all the leading Rabbanim signed their names on it, how great this Rav is. The pillow saw how the Rav was, uh, everyone says, oh, he has a lot of years Shemayim. And the pillow was like, uh, what you're showing me is just a piece of paper. What's paper worth? Nothing. Nothing. Only the words that are written on the paper are worth something. But without it, it's just a piece of paper. I, on the other hand, am telling you what our Chachamim wrote in the Gemara. The truth of the Gemara is living proof. Gemara, if it says something in this regard, it does not change. That's why Rapillo says, I am telling you, you have to be more of a year of Shemayim, and then your words will be listened to. And the Friedrich Rebbe, remember this is from a story, a letter from the Friedrich Rebbe. The Friedrich Rebbe ends off, the, the townspeople have the ability, they had the ability to sense if the Rav is saying, his words of encouragement, or, or whatever he's, if he has to give them, uh, if he has to rebuke them, is he doing it sincerely? Or is he doing it because, oh, that's part of his job. You know, my job is the Rav. So I have to get up there and, and say good things or, or bad things, whatever it is. Or does he really mean it? When such words are, order, are, are, are said with truth, and sincerity, the listener will for sure be inspired. 
Reb Hillel would focus always on the positive. He would constantly say, the person, say, that person is a Jewish child, a Yiddish neshama. The only thing he looked at was the neshama. The fact that as a child, a person's born with a pure neshama. Which is why the entire community, men, women, children, when he showed up, they all came out to greet him with tremendous joy. There were times that the official welcome was so large that they couldn't do it in, like, in a shul because there were so many people they just did it on the street. Couldn't fit everybody in. We're now going to begin uh, uh, talking about many things and not, not specifically like the order of the story of his life, but in general, things that he, was, that he used to do by certain occasions. So we're going to start off with Shabbos. In every town and, villages, and village that he visited, Reb Hillel would encourage and, and try to convince the people there to become Shemer Shabbos. He had a lot of people who unfortunately were such amaratzim and they, didn't, they, didn't, they barely knew what Shabbos was. And even if they did know a little bit, they, they didn't care enough to really keep it strong. So one year he visited a town where there was an extremely wealthy Yid who refused to close his business on Shabbos. And to make matters worse, seeing this, this successful Jew, right, operating on Shabbos, so the, all the poorer people in town, the shopkeepers, they were like almost convinced to keep their stores open. And the Rebillo met with this man and he begged him, yeah, I gotta keep Shabbos. He tried to explain to him the beauty and the holiness of Shabbos. And the rich man stubbornly refused. He held strong in his position that his store is going to be open on Shabbos. Comes the next Shabbos. The wealthy Yid suddenly became very sick. And the family rushed to several doctors for help, but all their efforts were useless. The doctors were, they, they couldn't even figure out what was wrong with him. And it was getting worse and worse. And now, desperate and feeling helpless, the family members, they remembered hearing that there's a big tzaddik who was in town. And they found out where he was staying. And they ran to the pillow for his bracha. And entering the house, they burst into tears. They said, oh, my, the, the wife said, my husband's dying. And the kids were all like, our father's dying. They begged the, the tzaddik, Rebillo, to daven for his recovery. At that moment, Rebillo was washing his hands. He couldn't talk. And the guests at the table tried to calm them down. The, you know, what, when someone gets sick on Shabbos, right, you're not allowed to officially... You say, Shabbos, Himeliza, Gurufua, Krevelove, right? On Shabbos, you don't have to cry because, because the, the Rufua will come very quickly. So, hearing this tefillah, the family looks at Rapillo and they saw him nod his head in agreement. Remember, he couldn't talk. And the family was relieved and they thanked the group for their brachas and they left. So, after making Amoitzi and eating a Kezayas of Chala, the pillow turns to, he calls someone, he says, get that family back in here. And they, the family comes back and he says, yes, it's true that I nodded in agreement 
However, what is the meaning of that phrase? Shabbos Himilizik? That when Shabbos will stop crying out because it is being mechalal, you are desecrating Shabbos, then the healing will be quick in its coming. And the cause of the sickness finally dawned on the, on the family. And they rushed home and they tell their, their husband, father, whatever, whoever it was, uh, what the tzaddik said. And hearing this, the rich guy instructed his family to return to the tzaddik with his promise that from now on, his business is going to be closed on Shabbos. And in fact, he said, go make sure it's closed right now. And as suddenly as uh, the sickness came, all of a sudden, went away. Once, an individual who, was, who suffered from stomach pain um, he was a guest of Reb Hillel for Shabbos and when the chalun was served he said I'm sorry I can't have and he explained that the doctors told him he's not allowed to have chalun he can't eat such foods bad for his stomach it can cause him a lot of pain and Reb Hillel says don't worry Shabbos Himalizik can't get sick on Shabbos if you eat in honor of Shabbos Nothing, nothing to fear, no harm will come to you. So hearing these words, the guest uh, cautiously t- takes a spoon, a little bit of chalant on it, and uh, he eats a little bit of chalant. Good taste over here. And, and he doesn't feel any sickness, it feels fine in his stomach. Oh, gets to serving bowl. Okay, I want more. Takes a second spoon, and the pillow says, oh, well, one second. Now you're eating because you enjoy it. The first spoon you took was in honor of Shabbos. The second spoon that you're taking now is not in honor of Shabbos. It's in honor of you, you like the taste of it. So now Shabbos won't protect you. And hearing this, the man wisely refrained from taking any more of the chalant.